Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. So here's my question. Do you think there will be any scene of the book that's at all similar to what it is now? Yes, but I like I think we could count them on one hand. Yes, not many. Maybe some flashbacks. <laughs> yeah, that's about it. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Liz Kraft, a TV writer and producer living in LA, and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Sarah. That's me, Sarah Fain. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career and friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. This is our second first episode of 2024. Yes. And today we're going to talk about what we learned from reading the first draft of our novel. Then we'll catch up with everyone's favorite podcast guest, Brooke Sitgraves-Turner, and talk about Brief Tender Light, the absolutely fascinating documentary she produced about four African students who attended MIT. Next, we will introduce our new monthly segment, The Happiness Project Revisited, in which I will reveal my 24 for 24 list. Then Sarah has a deodorant hack and a threads recommendation. But first, Sarah, we have an update. Speaking of our new new year, which is January 16th. This comes from Sherry. She said, I just wanted to say thank you for your honesty about your rough start to the new year. Of course, I'm saddened to hear that influenza A and COVID has found you, but you provided some comfort for me knowing I am not alone. I am a teacher, so I was off school for two weeks. Just after Christmas, I got influenza A, which turned into a sinus infection. Then I tested positive for COVID. Needless to say, I've been having a little pity party as I'm down for the count again. Thank you for being willing to share your struggles with the start of the new year. I am right there with you. I wish you much happiness and good health to your new year that begins on January 16th. I love the reframing. Well, Sarah, we heard from many listeners who are also sick. So many. And we hope everyone is feeling better and ready to take on 2024 Finally, and happy second new year. Yes, happy second new year, everyone. (laughs) Okay, Liz, it's time for From the Treadmill Desks, where we talk about what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, we're talking about what we learned reading through the first draft of our novel. Yes, it was really interesting to read through it, which being healthy now, we finally have done that. And what we learned was... We should write a really fast first draft and not put a lot of angst into it. Yes, not put a lot of 
writing stress into it. Yes. We should just fully embrace the notion of the bad draft and write it quickly. Yes, because we got so much out of writing this first draft, but we are changing so much that there was no point to sort of putting in a lot of time crafting sentences. We really would have been better off blowing through it at a breakneck pace, <laughs> not even finishing a scene if we didn't know where it went. Yeah. Just because really what we needed was to see the body of it and get a sense of it to know where we want to go in a major way. Yeah, and it's interesting because I am glad that we did the first draft that we did because I feel like we learned so much both about the book we're writing and about how we want to do it in the future. Yeah. And it's been interesting because seeing the whole version, even in the current shape, helps me see the better whole version oh, in a way that I couldn't when we were just kind of talking about it and when we had a, just an outline. Absolutely. And that's why you need to write it rather than just having an outline. We or at this process of where we are in our book writing. Yes. Now, if our fourth book, that may be very different, but right now, this is the process. So we learned a lot of things from reading the first draft. So aside from we should have written it faster and next time we will, we decided we probably want to start later in the story, get right into the action. Which is funny because that's such a TV lesson. I mean, how many such times TV move the end of the episode up to the end of Act 1? Like how many thousands of times yes. have we done that? So cutting deeper, I don't, it seems like it should have been intuitive, but you know. Yeah, we want to add more action and intrigue and scares. So we have thought of it as a thriller, and we need to push it in that direction more. And the good news is, seeing the book as a whole, we really have a vision now for how it becomes a thriller. A more thrilling thriller. Yes. And I think also the process of writing the first draft showed us where our characters can and should kind of get deeper and more compelling. Like, every time we have a conversation about our women, our women friends, who I feel like are now, like, our yes. friends, yes. we get to know them better and like them more and understand their complexities more. That, to me, has been probably the best part of the process. Yes, and— Part of that is having a stronger sense of what we want to say about friendship in general, female friendship, um, which we are building into the second draft. And to me, that's kind of the crux of the book is really it's about yeah. female friendship. Yes. So we are very excited for draft two. It's going to be super different and I think a really big leap forward. I agree. I'm super excited to dive in. You know, we say rewriting is always so much less stressful and easier than writing. So we are now firmly in the rewriting phase. Yee Thank goodness. Happy New Year. Happy New Year. <laughs> right. Coming up, we have an interview with our good friend, Brooke Sitgraves-Turner. But first, this break. Okay. 
The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Okay, we are back. And today we're so excited to interview writer and producer Brooke Sitgraves-Turner about the new documentary she produced. Brooke Sitgraves-Turner is a graduate of UC Berkeley and USC's Peter Stark Producing Program. Raised in a multi-generational family of Black women, she's focused on inclusive storytelling across many mediums, film, television, podcasts, and children's books. She is a film independent project involved fellow, has produced documentaries and the New York Times recognized podcasts, written commercials, and worked on scripted shows for Fox, Paramount, Netflix, and ABC, including two shows that we created, Sarah. Yes, indeed. And for those of you who have been listening to HIH from the start, you'll remember that Brooke is our much loved former assistant. And it's been so fun to see her career just explode and flourish. And we're so happy she's going to be here today. Yes. Brooke's latest project is the award-winning Brief Tender Light, a documentary directed by Ghanaian filmmaker Arthur Massa. Here's a description. At America's elite MIT, a Ghanaian alum follows four African students as they strive to become agents of change for their home countries, Nigeria, Rwanda, Tanzania, and Zimbabwe. While their dreams are anchored in the societies they have left, their daily realities are defined by America, by the immediate challenges in their MIT classrooms, and by the larger social issues confronting the world beyond those classrooms. Their new environment demands they adapt. Over an intimate, decade-long journey spanning two continents, students and filmmaker alike are forced to decide how much of America to absorb, how much of Africa to hold on to, and how to reconcile teenage ideals with the truths they discover about the world and themselves. Brooke, welcome. Welcome. Hi. I'm so happy to be with y'all. We're so happy to talk to you. So first, congratulations. The film is beautiful and moving and thought-provoking. So to start, can you tell us a little about the filmmaker, Arthur Musa? Yes, totally. So Arthur and I met in graduate school at USC, and the documentary is longitudinal. So this has been a very, very long time coming. We've been working on this for 10 years, and he came to me right after we finished grad school and was just like, I have this project I want to work on. I'd love to work with you. And so it kind of launched then, and we reached out to MIT, and he found a group of students to sort of interview. We interviewed about 20 before picking the final group. But, you know, he really wanted to explore what it meant to come to America with dreams of sort of, you know, having an impact back at your country and what it looked like to 
you know, go through the process and determine like, would that actually happen? Because he was examining his own journey. So because he went to MIT as well. Yeah. So Arthur went to MIT for undergrad and then came to USC. He was an Annenberg fellow, actually. And so he was basically merging this like new filmmaker self (laughs) with his former self as an engineer um, and student at MIT. He actually didn't come directly to USC uh, for grad school. Grad school, he worked for a bit uh, at Texas Instruments in Texas. So one of the things that's striking about the film is how deep a sense of obligation all of the students have to their home countries. And we should say they're from Tanzania, Rwanda, Nigeria, and Zimbabwe. But sometimes that sense of obligation was in opposition to their own opportunities and growth. That's certainly true for Arthur, the filmmaker, but also all of the students in the film. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, totally. Oh my gosh, you guys are hitting me with very big questions this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning, Brooke. Good morning, wake up. So yeah, there is, you know, all of these students, Arthur included, you know, have a deep sense of community. And I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, when their stories start, a lot of them come with big dreams to, like, have a huge impact back home. The film's title is Brief Tender Light. The big question is, like, can they hold on to this youthful idealism while they're kind of forming their adult selves in America? And, yeah, I mean, they come up against a lot of obstacles and a lot of them don't want to give anything away. But, you know, you do, you come to the U.S., you know, you go off to school, you're hit with opportunities, and the question is, do you take these opportunities, even if that might mean that you're going to be gone a little bit longer, you know? And there is this constant tension for a lot of them between sort of like earning a living in the U.S. and abandoning their countries for an extended period of time. So, you know, Arthur, for his part, he went to MIT and then he stayed in the U.S. and worked at Texas Instruments for several years. And, you know, I'm sure it was quite difficult for him to say, like, no, I'm not going to take this awesome job with this company. (laughs) Um, I'm going to go back home. And, you know, for his own reasons, he outside of work, he didn't go back home initially. But I think he really wanted to explore what it meant to make that choice and what he sacrificed and if it was the right one. So that's kind of how the documentary emerged. That was the origins. Well, and so much of it is about how we all change and mature through the college experience. Mm -hmm. I was wondering, Brooke, if that resonated with you when you were working on the film. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think I I was struck by how tied these students were to their community because, you know, I don't want to make a blanket statement about everyone in the U.S., so I'll just talk about myself. But I I don't think I went to college thinking, you know, I really want to give back to the people in Cleveland. Like, I wasn't thinking about that. College was, like, I was very individualistic. I went off and I'm like, oh, I'm going to, like, discover my passion. You know, I was running at the time. I'm going to, you know, go to the Olympics and figure out everything about me. But there wasn't anything tied to taking care of anyone back home, you know, creating infrastructure for anyone back home. So I was really struck by this innate sense of, responsibility for a larger group of folks. And I was really inspired by that. I should have probably been better. (laughs) (laughs) One of the beautiful things, and you've touched on this, about the film is what it says about home and what home means to you. Is it where we are? Is it where we're from? Was that the part of the original intent or did that evolve? Because it's really striking and beautiful. 
No, that's definitely part of the original intent. It's interesting. Uh, you know, I have, I'm from the U.S. and I went to school here. So I have been rooted here for a long time. But I think that when expats come here and go to school, you're kind of like, uh, you become a little bit of a divided self. You know, you have di- two different versions and you'll see the students kind of become more like they're assimilated to American culture and they're kind of, you know, making choices between what to hold on to and, and what to, what to lose. So yeah, I mean, that was a huge, that was a huge part of it from the beginning. And I think Arthur for his part, you know, was examining how he changed over the many years being here. And so he got to explore that with these kids, which is awesome. And Brooke, the film also addresses the students' experience of being Black in America and how different that is from being Black in African countries. How did that affect their decisions to stay here versus going back to their home countries or or did it? That's an interesting question. I don't know that it did impact their decision to go back or not, but I do think it gave them a, you know, more full context as to like, like the global context of being black in the world. And it was surprising to them. You know, one thing that struck me when he brought the stock up to me and so I was just like, Oh, you know, I'm so interested to see the journey of black students who come to America with this idea that like America is going to be this place, this hopeful place where, you know, I'm going to become and have all these opportunities open up to me rather than having this layer of like, there's a ceiling, you know, it's just this, this place of golden opportunity. And so that was, that was a drawing point for me. But no, I don't think that it impacted their decision to stay or go. I think it just gave them a fuller picture. Brooke, the documentary premiered already on PBS POV on Monday, January 15th, but people can still see it, right? Yeah, totally. Okay, guys. So everybody, not just the guys. The ladies do. <laughs> Please watch the film. You can see it streaming on the PBS app or online until April 14th. And we're hoping to have some impact screenings on college campuses, so we'll keep folks posted on that. We'll also be at the Pan-African Film Festival, though we don't have a premiere date. Though it will be on our website, um, onedayi2gofly.com. And you can follow us on Instagram at Light. <laughs> Like, what other things do I need to say? Yeah. (laughs) Everybody needs to watch this. It is so compelling. It's a great documentary. Thank you. Brooke, in one of your visits to Happier in Hollywood, you gave listeners an amazing piece of advice, which was action is the antidote to anxiety. We have repeated it hundreds of times since then. So we are wondering, do you have a piece of advice for listeners today? Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, now I am moving into this mode of doing things that make me uncomfortable. And I actually realized the whole like actions and things to anxiety is like very controlling, like me trying to control the situation. Last year, I felt like there was no way to control anything (laughs) right? Um, as I feel like many people felt. And some people might go, oh, I'm just going to let go. But I guess I have decided I will lean into control. And so now I'm doing something else, which is something that makes me uncomfortable. And I do something that makes me uncomfortable every week. Do you keep track of it? Like every week you write down, like, this is the thing I'm doing that makes me uncomfortable? Oh, I probably should. No, I don't. I just (laughs) kind of make a decision and then I'm like, I'm doing it. It is, (laughs) uh, it will be on my to-do list. So sometimes I'll, you know, it's just something I need to cross off. And so I'll see it there sitting there and I'm just like, oh Lord. Uh, (laughs) So yeah. 
So what's an example of these uncomfortable to-dos? Okay, so an example of the to-dos, actually, one of them landed me here with you today on this podcast. Uh, You know, I had to email everyone about the documentary, and I am, private's not exactly the word, I'm a little shy, I'm a little reserved, I don't talk about things that I'm working on ever, really. I don't know if you all have noticed that. Yes, we have, bro. we've noticed. (laughs) (laughs) And it's funny because I have friends that are like, wait, what, you've been working on a documentary all this time? We had no idea. So um, one thing was to share that the documentary was coming out. And, you know, that's pretty important because we actually want people to watch it. I sent an email. You all were on that. And you reached out and you were like, come on the podcast. So look at look at taking chances and doing uncomfortable things. Yeah, I was going to say, I love it. There's this concrete result. I mean, doing uncomfortable things does pay off. Sarah, I think you and I could much more push ourselves to do uncomfortable things. Oh, Liz. (laughs) You know, Brooke always has the best advice. I know. You are right. Brooke is right. It's true. (laughs) I feel like I don't have to like it, though. (laughs) No, that's true. We don't have to like it, but we should do it. (laughs) But I just feel like you all do that already. I don't know. I remember one of the first pieces of advice that you gave me when, you know, I started working for y'all and it was in regards to sharing writing work as you were like, share it before it's ready, which I think is something I needed to hear at the time because I was being very precious and like, like, oh no, it needs to be perfect. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. You all take chances. I don't, I, I see it all the time. Well, now we're going to oh, take good. more, Brooke, even That's more. Right. We're going to be crazy right. with our chances. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Brooke, thank you for joining us. Everybody needs to watch Brief Tender Light. Look for it at PBS. It is so good. Again, you can follow them on Instagram at Brief Tender Light. Yeah. Thanks, Brooke. Thank you, Brooke. Thank you. Next up, I will be sharing my 24 for 24 list. But first, this break. All right, we are back, and this week we are introducing our new segment for 2024. Every month we are going to do a check-in on the Happiness Project Revisited, which Sarah is doing. For anybody who doesn't know, my sister Gretchen Rubin is doing a course this year, the Happiness Project Revisited, and Sarah is taking part. And Sarah, January is laying the groundwork for the year of the Happiness Project. And part of that was doing a 24 for 24 list. So we are revealing your list today. Yes. And we should also say so many of our listeners are doing the Happiness Project Revisited course. So many people in our Facebook group are doing it, and they've been posting their 24 for 24 lists. So I was like, all right, I got to get in there. I'll, I'll share mine. Yeah. And Sarah, I should mention, I shared my list in episode 463 of Happier with Gretchen Rubin. So if anybody wants to hear my list, go listen to episode 463 I love hearing people's lists. I just can't get enough. So They're endlessly fascinating because they're so different. Yes. And everybody's got something that you wish you put on your list. Yes. Okay. So tell us the first item. The first item is to do Prolon three times. For people who don't know, Prolon is like a week-long fasting 
uh, I mean, it's a diet. It comes in a box. It's not like a lose weight diet. It's actually supposed to help with blood pressure. So my goal is to do Prolon three times. You're supposed to do it three months apart. So I was going to do it in January. Now that the January has been a little problematic, I'm going to start in February and then do it two more times this year. All right. Number two. 150 Pilates workouts. Now, I was doing really well on this goal until the great sickness, but I did do Pilates yesterday. I'm I'm back into it. Good. And then three is an apple a day, which I got from the Happier Ladies podcast. I've decided it can be any fruit, like a banana, you know, whatever, but a fruit a day. Okay. Four, use sunscreen daily. Very important. I'm very bad at this. And it, yes, it's so important. So important. So now that is my on my list. I have sunscreen in the car. I have sunscreen like on the kitchen counter that I go by on my way out. So that's, I think, going to be a good one. Question, is this just on your face or your whole body? Face and arms because I think you— Okay. No, because I complained about it a lot. In Puerto Rico, my arms just got—we were outside all the time, and it was so hot and so sunny. My arms got mottled, and it was terrible. So I'm, I'm working on that. Okay. Five is hone my skincare routine and makeup routine. Mm. I think since the pandemic began, I've been pretty lax about putting basically anything on my face unless we're doing a Zoom. <laughs> So I'm trying to, you know, just a little bit, you know, some lip color and mascara maybe. Zhuzh and then, it up a bit. Uh, and then like a tint. Yes, a, uh, a sunscreen tint. Okay. Six is buy something La Mer. I want to do a little pampery thing. Mm-hmm. Seven is get a Joe Malone candle. Not something I would usually buy because they're absurdly expensive, but I know that it will bring me happiness. And they do smell good. Oh, they do. Eight is keep my car clean inside and out. You have been in my car many thousands of times. (laughs) You know that it's not always the tidiest. So I'm working on that this year. Nine, we're doing together a no-spend month in February. I'm excited about this and, and nervous. Yes, we'll talk about that on an upcoming episode of the podcast. Yes. 10 is 10.30 lights out. And I have been pretty good about this. That's tough. It's tough, but it's, For me, know, that would be tough. Sleep is so important, so I'm I'm committed. 11 is get meaningful rings. You know, we've done wristscapes, and I feel like I'm good with bracelets, but I've kind of stopped wearing rings, and I love rings. So I want to get just some rings that have meaning, whether it's symbolism or connected to a place. I don't know, but I'll be doing that this year. Number 12 is the 2024 Happiness Project Revisited, is just doing the course, being excited and engaged, and I am so excited. I have to say, I'm really into it. 13, send one card a month. I'm really bad about just sort of doing that nice friendship or family thing where you reach out. It's so nice to get cards, so I'm going to try to be someone this year that sends them. 14 is get the TheraFace hot and cold rings. I have the ridiculously expensive TheraFace thing, but there are extra hot and cold rings that I really, really want. So as I'm honing my routine, if I feel like I'm getting to a good place, then I'm going to reward myself with those rings. 15 is sponsor a dog for adoption at the Ventura County Animal Shelter. That's nice. If you go to the shelter, there are little plaques on some cages that say, this dog's uh, adoption fee has been paid for. And it is, I think, encourages people to take a second look at that dog. So I want to do that. 
16 is learn to upcycle. There's recycle, then there's upcycle. That's a whole other thing I'm going to be spending some time researching and trying to do. Good. You can share what you learn on the podcast. I will try. I hope I learned something. 17 is put money in Robinhood monthly. Robinhood is like a little investment app kind of, and you can put money in. I have a small account there, and I just want to put like a little bit of money in every month because I just enjoy it. It's a fun thing if it's doing well. If it's not doing well, it's less fun. (laughs) 18 is get solar on my house. That is in progress. I'm very happy about that. 19, Liz, I'm getting Botox. I um, <laughs> I support whatever you want to do. <laughs> I have Botox a little bit. I enjoy it. You know, we are in LA. We are. And well, and I, the pictures of me from the retreat that we did at the Johnny Cash house, all in all the pictures, I look like I'm like frowning meanly at people. And that was... I, you know, not once did I want to frown meanly at anyone. So I just want to want to rein that in. Um, okay. And then 20 is learn to like making salads. I've been talking a lot about salads. I want to enjoy the process of making them and eating them. 21 is keeping my legend planner all year. I have a legend planner. I keep everything in it. I want to be really consistent with using that. 22, I have some bracelets that I need to get fixed, and my grandmother's engagement ring that I used to wear all the time also needs to be fixed, so Mm. that is a big one. 23, I have a safe deposit box by my old house in Los Angeles. (laughs) If I need anything from that, how am I going to get it? So I need to move my safe deposit box closer. Okay. And finally, Sarah, what is number 24 on your list? 24 is getting my office built. I've been talking about this for like a year and a half now. We went on strike. It's been a whole thing, but I really want to get my kind of office slash outdoor guest room built or at least get it started. I don't have to finish it this year. I just want to at least get that process actively moving forward. So that's my list. All right. That's a great list. We'll review it later in the year and see how you're doing. Okay. I applaud you. It's a good list. Well, don't applaud me till I actually do them all. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. And Sarah, this week you have a Hollywood hack for us, a deodorant hack. Yeah. So I've been really trying to find a deodorant that doesn't involve a ton of plastic, which, of course, all deodorant sticks come in plastic. Well, some come in paper. Anyway, I finally found a deodorant cream that I like. It comes in a little glass container, has a metal top, very recyclable or reusable in other ways. I tried a bunch, did not like them. So the one that I really like is Morton Essentials Natural Deodorant Cream. I get the pink grapefruit kind. It smells really nice. It's really easy to put on. So that's my Hollywood hack this week is Morton Essentials Pink Grapefruit Natural Deodorant Cream. You can get it at Whole Foods. It's not that expensive, and it lasts a long time. Excellent. 
All right. And Sarah, you are up this week with a recommendation. Every week we recommend something we like, podcast, book, product. What are you recommending this week? Okay. This week I am wrecking Clarabelle Talks on Threads. I'm going to be brief because I feel like I've just been talking for the last <laughs> five minutes. No one wants to hear my voice anymore. Okay. So Clarabelle Talks, it's spelled C-L-A-R-A-B-E-L-L-E-T-O-K-S is a hilarious and very smart Threads account that flips the script on relationships, gender, and race. And it's hilarious, but also very pointed, bringing up some of the social issues that we are confronted with. And it just both makes me laugh and makes me think every day. And the comments also are just gold. Yes, Sarah, you got me to follow Clarabelle Talks, and I can get lost in the comments (laughs) for an hour. So definitely recommend Clarabelle Talks on Threads. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. We love hearing from you. Email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please follow us if you haven't already. Thank you to our good friend, Brooke Sitgraves-Turner, for joining us today. Follow her on Instagram, at Brooke Sitgraves. Watch the amazing documentary, Brief Tender Light, and follow them on Instagram, at Brief Tender Light. Thanks to our executive producer, Chuck Reed, and thanks to everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Canes 13. And as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Listen to the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin and Side Hustle School. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram and threads at Liz Craft and Sarah is at S. Fain. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join the conversation. Until next week, I'm Sarah Fain. And I'm Liz Craft. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Sarah, your new um, little closet slash podcast studio is looking so good. When you're done, I want to come take a video and post it for everybody to see. Okay, I'm calling it my clawfice. Oh, I love it, your clawfice. Oh, love it. From the Onward Project.